Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Let's pray. Almighty God, loving Heavenly Father, we have heard your voice speaking to us through your servants already, moving us, challenging us, inspiring us, rebuking us. We also want to hear your word from your written word now, and we ask that you would do it. You'd speak to us through your spirit. Lift up our hearts. Send us out again as those who know you, who believe you, have heard your word to sing the songs of salvation in this broken, dying world. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Would you turn in your Bibles, please, to Psalm 96? And while you're finding Psalm 96, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's still possible to have hope in a world such as has been described to us by Simon and Billy? In this old world, is there still a truth to be believed in the gospel? Is, there, is, is it possible to believe these things in the context of a surrounding world of idolatries and other faiths and religions? Is it possible to believe in a better world, a new world? Well, here in this psalm, Psalm 96, I believe the answer is yes. And I love this psalm because I think it is one of the most profoundly missional psalms in the whole book of psalms. And it begins with the command, the invitation, the first few verses, sing, 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 praise, proclaim, and declare. And you might think that's not terribly appropriate after what we've just been listening to, but I want to remind you that the psalmist lived in a world which wasn't that much different in his day from what it is today. He knew exactly the kind of struggles of war and violence and suffering, persecution, cruelty in his world. But he called upon his people, he says, let us sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations and his marvelous deeds among all people. So he says to his people, let's sing a new song. And the people say, okay, tell us the words. And he says, well, we'll sing about the name of the Lord. That's the great saving name of Yahweh, the God of, Isaiah, of, uh, of the Exodus, the covenant, the I am God. Let's sing about the salvation of God. For him, that meant the Exodus. God delivered them out of slavery. Let's sing about the glory of God. Well, that's the glory of God in the temple. Let's sing about the mighty deeds of the Lord, the etc., all the other things that God has done for us. And uh, we say, well, just a minute. Those are not new words. That's the old song. That's the old, old story of Yahweh and his love. We've been singing those words ever since we came out of Egypt. What makes that a new song, please? And the psalm says, ah, but you didn't hear what I said. Where is it now to be sung? And he says, sing it in all the earth, he says. And who is going to be singing it? All the nations, all the peoples. And so you see, what was an old song for the Israelites, the people of God for hundreds of years, was going to be a new song when it was sung by new peoples who'd never heard it before and who would now join in to the very ends of the earth. And I love that as a picture of mission. We have all sorts of metaphors and pictures of mission, but here's another one. Mission is singing the songs of God the songs of the name, the glory, the salvation of God, and inviting others to join in. And for us, that has to mean singing the songs of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glory of Christ, and the mighty deeds of Christ. Mission makes the old songs new. It remixes the old words and makes them true for new generations of people to the ends of the earth. 
That's where the psalm begins. But then this psalmist moves on to realize that not only does this new song that he's singing about remix the old words and keep them true, it also replaces the old gods. And that, I think, is what is so relevant to particularly what Simon has been talking about just a few minutes ago. Because look at the middle section of the psalm. It says this, I'm reading now from verse 4, For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. So the psalmist says, all these other gods, you might think they're somethings, but in reality they're nothings says verse 5. They're not to be feared. And you heard about some of the fear that is in the minds and hearts of people who are in the grip of these other gods. And the psalmist says these other gods are nothing. They are idols. And so therefore, if you want to have a God to worship you nations, reading verse 7 to uh, 9, ascribe to the Lord, you families of the nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due to his name, not the name of these other gods. And bring an offering and come into his courts, not those other places of worship, and worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness, or the beauty of his holiness, and not in the ugliness and degradedness of these other gods. So this is the new song that displaces the old gods. And that too is the work of mission, isn't it? Mission transforms the landscape of people's hearts and minds and individuals. It transforms families. It transforms lives like little Johnny's. It transforms villages and communities. And over time, it transforms cultures because it is the mission of the new song of God which brings a displacing of the old gods in the name of the living God whom we know through the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's mission as a new song that remixes the old words in verses 1 and 2, that displaces the old gods from verses 4 to 12. And finally, it's a new song that transforms the old world. And this is where that hope comes in, where I began, which brings, in that sense, a positive, redemptive dimension uh, to what we were hearing from, from Billy and Simon. Because, you see, in verse 10, we reach the climax of the psalm. Here it is. Say among the nations, this is what the new song is. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yahweh is king. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples, plural, with equity. So let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resign and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant, everything in them. And then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. They will sing before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth, and he will judge the world in righteousness and its peoples in his truth. Here, says the psalmist, is the new song. And A thousand years or more before Jesus came preaching it on the streets of Galilee, this psalmist is proclaiming the kingdom of God. Our God reigns. And then the reign of God in these final few verses undescribes the world we live in. If there is such a word as undescribed, there should be, and I've just used it so there is now. Because what he does is, he says, we know what the world is like, but here's what the world will be like when God reigns. And he describes it in three graphic ways. What will the world be like when the Lord reigns? Well, it will be a world of reliability in verse 10. The world is stable as God created it. But of course, we know that the world we live in is a world of instability and chaos and despair, both in the world of nature, as we've been seeing, and in the world of nations. Wherever you look, it seems, there's uncertainty, fear. And this psalmist says, I know that. That was our world too. But when our God reigns, there will be a stability, there will be a a wholeness, there will be a new world order. 
but it won't be brought about by the White House or by Whitehall. It'll be brought about by the kingdom of God when God reigns. A world of reliability, a world of righteousness. The second half of verse 10 and verse 13, the Lord will judge the peoples of the world with equity and fairness. There will be a righteousness about the kingdom of God. And again, we have to say, we know our world today to be a place of injustice, oppression, violence, the horrendous, mind-numbing cruelty of some of the things we've just been hearing about. That is our world. And the psalmist says, yes, it was my world too, but I believe in the coming of a kingdom of justice and of peace. And Jesus told us that kingdom of God is already at work in the world. And it is being mustard-seeded in the lives of people who are living by the standards of the kingdom of God, who have given their tears, their time, and their talents to the kingdom of God, and are living under the reign of God, embodying it in their values, in their work, in their ministry, and compassion. The righteousness of God being manifested in the world. And finally, says the psalm, when God reigns, it will be a place of rejoicing. Verses 11 to 13 are marvelous, aren't they? It's an ode to joy, greater than Beethoven's, because it speaks about the whole of creation rejoicing before the Lord. And we have to say our world still is a place of tears and suffering and pain and weeping and mourning. And I don't know how to get my head around it. I do weep sometimes watching the news. And I think if if we can scarcely cope with the amount of the world's suffering that we can actually see, how does God cope with it? Who knows the pain of every heart, who sees every person who is abused or vandalized or, or trafficked and raped or shot? How does God cope with the suffering of the world? And yet this psalmist says, God is coming. And when God comes, the whole of creation will rejoice before him, as well as all his people. It's a wonderful thought. God is coming, and things will change because God is coming. This is a a song, you see, which is not just for the nations, it's for creation. Here is a, a message of good news to the whole earth, because Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. So this is a gospel which is ecological as well as theological, holistic as well as evangelistic, all that we've been hearing about tonight is part of this great reign of God at work in the world. So there's mission, you see, from this psalm. It proclaims to us a new world. It celebrates in advance the ending of this old world of suffering and pain. And it throws our minds forward to the end of the book of Revelation where we see the city of God coming down from heaven, God again dwelling with us on earth when there'll be no more tears or suffering or death or pain or any such thing because the old things will have passed away, the new will have come. And you know, Bishop Will Fry once said this, he said, hope is to hear the music of the future and faith is to begin dancing to it today. That's the music of this psalm. I love its musical metaphor. Christian mission sends us out into the world to sing a new song. As we go out, it's a new song which rekindles the truth of the old words of God's salvation because what God has done for our salvation will never change, but it brings those old words alive for new singers. The new song that we sing in mission challenges and displaces the old gods and loosens their grip on people's hearts and minds and shatters their fears and brings them hope and uh, a new reality. And it's a new song that celebrates in advance the transformation of this old world into the kingdom of our God and his Christ. That's what we're engaged in, the mission of God, singing a new song and inviting the nations and the whole of creation to join in it with us. Amen.
our ministry. And it's many heart years. Just the night before I came, I phoned up Dublin, and one of our young men just left. What do you do? At the beginning of the year, one of our, our leader, my wife found him in bed with a needle, just, I wasn't sticking in his body, but just beside his body. He was unconscious for 16 hours. What a blow. Four medics around him, a doctor around him, trying to revive him, but couldn't. Had to take him into a local hospital and still continue to sleep in the subconscious way. We're very thankful that he survived. We don't know what the circumstances could have been if he had died in our property, in one of our beds. What a blow. This happens. Sometimes it seems you go two steps forward and three steps backward instead of going three forward and two backwards. Sometimes you find that, what a day, we have 14 people today, fantastic. But maybe by the end of the week, you've only got seven. Maybe you think that here's a tremendous possibility in this man. We only have men in Dublin, but we have two lady centres, one in Nottingham and one in Birmingham in England. What a, what a tremendous potential. And then you see them. And you look at them, they, they, they receive Christ, they make that per, personal, uh, the sinner's plea, uh, prayer, as we say. And they receive Jesus in their life. They're beginning to pray, beginning to understand a little bit of the Bible, beginning to particip, part, uh, participate. But then, somehow or other, they disappear into the night. And it's a very sad work, because some of, one of the things that we do is often go into the city of Dublin on a Monday night. We go in late with the hope of bringing back somebody from Dublin. And just Monday nights, a young man came back through a church called the Trinity Church, the Mustard Seed People. He came back, but he left this morning. And you go into Dublin City, and I'm sure Belfast is the same. I've been in Bir- many times in Birmingham City Centre. I've been in many areas of Spain working. And I just, they're just exactly the same. All we say to them, if you want to change your lifestyle, come with us. We've still got a seat in the car for you. But it's amazing. Although they have their little notes, we're homeless, please help us. Very few want to come in. Very few. But it's great when they do come in. And how does Patel support itself? Patel works, has created a network of income-generating activities around the world that enables us to offer a totally free program to all who wish to enter. In, in Dublin, we have two main sources of income. One is gardening. And remember, many of these, especially the drug addicts, probably have never worked in their life. They left school, or left school probably prematurely. No education, some had no education. On the streets drinking, and you see it regularly, don't you? Young men, young women drinking, and then it goes on for other sorts of things. And when they come into Battelle, they're, they're asked on their interview, you must be willing to work. Up at 7 in the morning, 7.30 is uh, breakfast time, so between 7 and 7.30 you're supposed to clean your, tidy your bed and make your bed. If you want, read your Bible and pray. It's all within a half an hour. Clean your teeth, whatever you do. And at 8 o'clock we have devotions or Bible studies. That's what I do down in Dublin. I did it a lot in Birmingham and in Nottingham. And then by 9 o'clock, you're expected to be on your way to work with your tools in the van, your tools in the lorry, whatever it is. And it's been wonderful how God has prospered us that way down in Dublin. We, we're near Bray in South, in South Dublin, Wicklow. Also, we're involved in furniture work, and that's what I do. I knew, knew nothing about furniture, I was, but I've learned a lot about furniture. I drive a large lorry. I go and pick up 
furniture, and we resell it from our property. And God has prospered us so that it's unbelievable. I won't tell you the fact, the, the figures, but we've been able to help a number of our Battelle works in, in other countries. But that's how Battelle supports itself. 95% is income generated by men and women who were absolutely hopeless before they moved into Battelle. You see them on the street, what can they do? But they become new creatures. They can do a lot. A new man came in, came up to a leader in Battelle, I think it was in Germany, who had arrived just a day or so earlier. He was perplexed, and he said to this leader, all Battelle does is sing and pray and read the Bible and work. Where is the program? The answer given, that is the program. There's no magic wand. You have to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning if you work, or 8 o'clock, whatever it is. You have to wash your dishes. You have to wash your clothes. You have to brush the floor. So why shouldn't we do exactly the same? We don't see it as a hostel. We see it as a home. You come into a home, and a home has rules. Every, if not, it'll be anarchy. And if you break those rules, you're disciplined. And one of the worst disciplines is if you wash the dishes for maybe for an indefinite period of time. If you have yet 10, 14 people at dinner, that's a lot of dishes to wash. And I can tell you, you're not too keen in breaking the rules again. But people, some people don't accept that. But that's the way it is. But we must work. And we want to work. We work to provide the resources necessary to support, to support our large communities around the world. Some of our rents are very expensive. We're very fortunate. We got, uh, we've got a free property in Dublin for five years through a friend of a well-known uh, property entrepreneur in the south of Ireland. But in, in England, some of our properties are costing us £3,500 a month to rent. Where do you get that kind of money? See... The idea is, through the work, through the people, they're beginning to stand on their own two feet. They're paying for their way. They're paying for their food. They're paying for their water, electricity. They're paying for their, their keep. But at the same time, we are cost upon God to meet all our needs. And of course, no one is paid in Mattel, especially the missionaries. Mattel is free. No one receives a salary. But beyond work, or beyond money, work is therapy. Work builds character and allows men and women to help themselves and others with dignity. And when we put men and women to work, they learn new skills. They learn how to restore furniture. They learn how to respect things. They learn how to paint. They learn how to do gardening. And if they want, they can leave and start, and somehow start their own businesses because of what the skills they learned in Mattel. And in but at the same time, it was founded out of the zeal and enthusiasm and the passion of missionaries who were willing, who heard a call by a man called C.J. of Jesus Christ is God and died for me. There is no sacrifice too great, too great to make for him. And many of those early missionaries lost a lot because they trusted people. We still trust people. We were stolen from. We still still stolen from. But that's, that's the business, isn't it? But out of that will come grace. Out of that, the cross will be victorious. And the, it's the whole message 
of, of Jesus living in him. It's the, message, the ethos, can I say, of a, whack, of a whack international message. That Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And that that same Christ wants you also to become a missionary. He wants you, what John Wesley said, the whole world is my parish. If we look up in whack to certain people, C.T. Studd, Norman Grubb, and others. And C.T. Studd said in 1913... An old man, nearly as old as I am. I believe that this trip is not just for the Congo and Africa alone, but for the whole unevangelized world. How did we think, never thought that that day in Madrid, that this work, just an ordinary work, church planting work, was going to touch the world? That's the destiny God can give us. And that's the message we try and plant into people. Don't see for the moment, but see beyond that. God has a great destiny for you. God has a great willing for you. One couple. You see them. Eleven years ago, he was lost, sleeping on the, in the underpass of Bristol. Ten years ago, she was a 16-year-old girl at King's Cross selling her body for drugs. Just two of the people, now pastors, leaders of a work, of a Battelle work in Watford, North London. This is what God can do. And our hope is, our prayer points would be, in closing, that we will see more conversions Real conversions, or such a thing as real conversions. Big changes. People being delivered from addiction. People being delivered from alcohol and being set free. Pray for us in Ireland. We have a... That's been easy. But we know that God is with us. We know that God has given us a commission. And we know God is going to bless us. We'd love to see another center in Ireland, north or south. And if you're interested in Battelle, we have certain, in, in the wax stall in the back, there's a book on Battelle called We Dance, We Cannot Fly. It was a, a title from a, the first Battelle convert was a man called Raul Castro. I saw Raul just before he died. Bones, died of AIDS. We've saw people die in our centers of AIDS in the early days, especially in Spain. It leaves a big impression upon you. We hit the devil. We hit what the devil's doing to people. But at the same time, we are so delighted, so thrilled, so full of passion and enthusiasm that God can save those men and women on our streets. Break free. Plenty of them. Give them the people on the streets. Phone number, Dublin phone number. No more way to tell. Here's the leaflets we give out. One of the jobs is to give out leaflets. Furniture for sale. Garden work can be done at a good price. So stand with us in prayer. We need prayer. Stand with Patel in prayer. They've moved into many countries. India, Nepal. We heard about Nepal. In Mongolia, 40 men in the centres, just starting a women's centre. Plans afoot to move over across the border into a large country. Mexico. USA, Brazil, Ireland. He is able. Amen.
We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.